He was a traffic cop in the old Soviet Union. But then losing his job in Siberia, he proclaimed his name was really Jesus, and he founded a messianic cult. Last year, he was arrested, and Russia's attorney general said he was dissolving the organization. In modern times, there's been a rash of self-proclaimed messiahs, the one I just mentioned claiming to be Jesus, returning to earth in Siberia. It also happened in the Philippines and in Japan and Israel. The one in Siberia arrested as Russian secret police swept into his cult headquarters with helicopters and plain-clothed officers to detain him. The arrest was made last year in the middle of that year's highest holy days for Jews, Yom Kippur the true Messiah, the real Jesus, I believe, has left this earth and promised when he returns to set up his kingdom, and the whole world will know it, and every knee will everywhere bow. Maranatha, come quickly. Welcome to Haven Today, here on Monday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a new series this week called The Call of Christ. recognize that theme song. It's from the first ever multi-season show about the life of Jesus called The Chosen. And they not only raised 10 million through crowdfunding to make season one that came out last year, they raised another 10 million for season two that's just out on DVD. And it was completely made outside of the orbit of Hollywood. Last year when COVID hit, millions began watching this series. And it caught its creator, Dallas Jenkins, a little off guard. Biggest surprise has been the, the lack of age restrictions on who loves the show. I didn't right. expect kids to like it because, as you've seen, it's a, there's, there's mm-hmm. complicated plot lines. And when you watch, especially like episode one, I think some of your listeners may think, well, wait a minute, I thought this was a Jesus show. Where's Jesus? He doesn't even show up until the end of episode one. I mean, there's complicated plot lines, and, and it's like a real show. It's not just like... Here's a reenactment of, a, of some Bible verses. Um, it's, it's, it's a real show. So I didn't expect kids to love it, um, even though it's, it's not, you know, uh, inappropriate or anything. But we've heard from parents of five-year-olds whose kids want to watch it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard from parents of special needs children or special needs adults even, some severe, who just love the show. And I didn't expect that, but it's, it's proven to me that when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the stories of the Gospels, uh, God will remove the scales from people's eyes and he will remove those barriers and those hurdles. And uh, hearing people say that, that they just feel like the scriptures are coming alive, uh, including teenagers and, and even young, young children, mm-hmm. that's probably been the biggest surprise for me. That's Dallas Jenkins, the creator of the TV series called The Chosen. He'll be back with me in a moment to talk about season two. He'll also share how the Lord is using this unique program to touch people with the good news of Jesus all over the world. And then after the program, I want to send you The Chosen, Season 2, with all eight episodes for your gift to support Haven Today. And as you watch this well-produced, yet faithful to the Scripture series, you'll often find your own story in the lives of those who were called in that first century by Jesus. So, I would ask for your generosity 
but to call us after the program. And the number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or better yet, go to our website. Watch some of the clips from the show that we have there and check out the video interview that I shot with Dallas in Dallas, Texas. And then make your gift and ask for the Season 2 DVD collection of The Chosen. Our website is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now let's open the program. I can't think of a better way to open it than with the Gaither Vocal Band and Jesus, Messiah. He became sin who knew no sin That we might become His righteousness He humbled Himself and carried the cross Love so amazing Love so amazing Jesus Messiah Redeemer, 
Often deceitful, and Israel began with Jacob, a bit of a deceiver. Yes. Yes. But one of the great things about you is you are a true Israelite, and whom there is no deceit. What did you say about me? What is this? How do you know me? I have known you long before Philip called you to come and see. Don't look at him. Look at me. When you were in your lowest moment, and you were alone, I did not turn my face from you. I saw you under the fig tree. I knew it. Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> he doesn't mess around. That's a scene from season two of the Chosen TV series when Jesus called Nathaniel to follow him. It's powerful when you hear it, even more powerful to see it. The wonder, the tears in Nathaniel's eyes, such a joy to see. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and Just before that clip, we heard the Gaither Vocal Band's version of Jesus Messiah. And now I want you to hear an interview I did with the creator of the Chosen TV series, Dallas Jenkins. Together, we were at the National Religious Broadcasters meeting and recorded our conversation on one of the sets from this TV show. You can actually watch that video when you visit haventoday.org after the program. But now, let's go to Dallas. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. We're on an actual movie set. Yes. I've never been on a movie set before, but uh, you brought a little bit uh, of it with you uh, just for our interview today, of course. Yes, yes, Uh, just for you. We brought these actual props, and uh, these are are the actual wardrobe and uh, sets from from the show. Tell me about this. We we had you on last year. The first season was out. Do you think COVID had anything to do with the success, I hate to use the word success, but I'll say it anyway, of the first season? 
COVID was a massive factor in getting this show from, it was a bit of an unknown. Um, you guys were talking to me about it, but for the most part, a lot of people either hadn't heard of it or they'd heard of it but didn't have time to watch it or were skeptical of it or whatever. When COVID hit and everyone was home and they're looking for hope, and we decided to make the show free. We decided we're going to just make all eight episodes free for a couple weeks just as a gesture of goodwill during COVID. And the moment that we did that, making it free, our income quadrupled because we give people the opportunity, if they choose, to pay it forward, which is how we finance future episodes and seasons. And we decided at that moment, you know what? God works in impossible math. Uh, we're not going to do this the world's way. We're going to do this God's way. We're making the show free. And if people want to contribute, they can. And since then, the show has completely exploded. I think not only from giving people the opportunity to watch it, but um, also they want to contribute. And that's been a really cool thing. Well, and, and it's propelled you to a second season, which is, is, is just now out. Uh, tell me a little bit about the second season. You know, what did you do with the storyline? Well, season one ends with Jesus taking his ministry public. So as you know, in the Gospels, when he first started, he would even when he'd do healings, he would say, don't tell anybody. We, we're not exactly sure why that was, but we know that early in Jesus' ministry, it was kept pretty quiet and local. And then it, he meets the woman at the well. Uh, just outside Samaria. And he tells her he is the Messiah, and she starts spreading the word, and that's how season one ends. I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon. Just the heart. You promise? I promise. This man told me everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> That's a scene from The Chosen, season one, Jesus talking with the woman at the well in John 4, truly moving to watch her hardened face transform with joy as she meets her Messiah. And that's how season one ended. So I asked Dallas Jenkins to share with us how season two begins and what we can expect from it. Well, season two now is the word is spreading. Jesus' fame is increasing. The disciples' fame is increasing because they're following him. So with that comes great things. People come to get healed. They come to get redeemed. But it also brings in enemies. And so we're seeing now the Pharisees are starting to take him seriously. The Romans are starting to take him seriously. And so season two is the season where we see what happens when the popularity of Jesus increases, both the good and the bad. And then for the disciples, what is the cost of discipleship? You're leaving your family. You're leaving your life, you're leaving your job following Jesus. That doesn't, we sometimes think it must have been just beautiful all the time because they were with the Savior of the universe. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always easy. Mm -hmm. We show that in season two. 
And, and for someone that's unfamiliar with the chosen, yeah. you're not unfaithful to scripture, yeah. but kind of explain to me a little bit about where do you take the story? How do you keep it accurate? Right. How do you make it set for TV too? Well, you love God's Word. Your show is faithful to God's Word. I love God's Word, and I want to make that very clear. But a TV show, which takes these Bible stories, and now we expand. We have cultural context, historical context, and yes, artistic imagination. So I make it very clear, even from the beginning of episode one, I put up a text on screen that says, this is not a replacement for the Bible. This is not the Bible. God's Word is God's Word, and we are not, and, and, and your Bible has not changed since The Chosen came out. However, this is a TV show based on the people of first century Galilee. And so whenever you add something to the stories, that makes people sometimes a little nervous because you're thinking, wait a minute, God's Word is sufficient. Are we, are we adding to it? And I say, I understand, I agree. And I think what people need to understand is that I love God's Word, and this show is not a replacement for God's Word. But what we're seeing is, because we are so faithful to the stories in Scripture, and whenever we add artistic context, my operating principle is, make sure this doesn't violate the intentions or character of Jesus in the Gospels. And what people say when they watch it is, huh, I know that's not in the Bible, but it feels inspired by the Bible, and that's true. And so we make sure that all of our storylines are at least within the context of Scripture, that they feel rooted in God's Word, even when they're not based explicitly on Scripture. And I think that's what people are responding to, is they feel like this context is making them love God's Word even more. You know, you, you, you were telling me the, the very first time we met that you did this. It came out of your church. It came out of a small, sure. short project. But now it's gone all over the world. Tell me about how the Lord, what you've heard, how the Lord has been using this. You know, is, is, is there a kingdom drive? Or are, are you hearing from people that Christ is being made known in people's lives as a result of a TV show you're making called The Chosen? Yeah, this started as a short film that I did for my church's Christmas Eve service. In I filmed, Chicago. I filmed it on my friend's farm in Illinois, 20 minutes from my house. Uh-huh. And all it was, was meant to be was a short film for my church. Well, very long story short, as I was making it, I thought, it would be interesting to do this as a multi-season show where we can really dig into these stories. The short film ended up going viral on social media. $10 million came in from 19,000 people around the world who wanted to invest in it. So you crowdsourced it. Yeah, we crowdfunded season one for sure. And so this show now, now that it's in every country in the world, we're hearing from pastors in Kuwait and Iran and China who say we can't get Bibles or books, but we can get this show because it's on, uh, it's on uh, an app. You know, we've got our free app that people can get. But hearing from people all over the world who say, I'm reading my Bible more than ever before. My kids are engaged with scripture. My kids love Jesus more than ever. I feel like my relationship with Christ has been re-energized. What more, what, 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 what more can you hear than that? I mean, what, there's nothing better in life than that. And I couldn't care less anymore about industry success or favor. favor. I want to be doing what God wants me to do and tell Jesus stories. And uh, I guess I should mention, I don't even think we mentioned this last year. Your dad had a season of success right. with the second coming, the Left Behind series. Uh, and it, it was an audio series after the books, and it was a video. There were movies out as well. Uh, did you ever aspire growing up to do something like this yourself, or did the Lord just kind of put this into your lap? Well, I didn't aspire to do something like this. I wanted to make movies, for sure, and I wanted to be successful, and I used to rehearse Academy Awards acceptance speeches in front of my mirror, because to me, that's what mattered. I really wanted to win an Academy Award. I wanted to make it in Hollywood. I thought, I'm going to be successful. And even when I had good motives, when I wanted to have impact for the kingdom, it still was about success. I wanted to be affirmed. 
And uh, God took that away from me a few years ago. I had a movie that came out that was with a bunch of big Hollywood producers, and it totally failed at the box office, and I was left with a completely uncertain future. And I think that's where God grabs us the most, is when we're at our lowest point. And I felt like, I don't know if I have a future, and I got to the place where I was okay with that. I just wanted to be in God's will. And that's, I think, when he said, now you're ready for the chosen. So this is not something I ever anticipated. Um, of course, watching my dad go through it with the Left Behind series and reach the level of impact that it did, I got a front row seat to seeing humility in action. Because uh, you've, you've talked to my dad before. You know him enough to know he's extraordinarily humble. And even when Left Behind was huge and internationally successful and generating tens of millions of, of, of sales, uh, he never forgot what this was all about. It was about being broken and surrendered before God and doing what he wanted, and that's where I am as well. Dallas, uh, what does Jesus mean to you? Well, by doing this show, my relationship with Jesus has become much more intimate. And I think sometimes we think of Jesus on a stained glass window, and he feels sometimes distant and, uh, and unemotional. And what Jesus means to me is he's the creator of the universe who dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us, which is typically a Christmas term. But this show is all about Emmanuel being among us. Jesus danced with his friends at weddings. He told jokes. He said his nighttime prayers. So the Why fact don't that can, we ever think of Christ that way? Right. But it's true, isn't it? Yeah, I think we sometimes formalize it. I think we, 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 we want to have reverence for God, which is a good thing. Which is, of course, true, and, right. and as we should. Yes. Yeah, that's a, good, but. that's a good thing. But when God came as a man, he dwelt among us, and he experienced what we felt, and he experienced what we did. And I think that's the key for me, is that the creator of the universe is here. He was a human being like I was, and he, exi- he, he was perfect. But he knows what I know. He felt what I felt. And that, to me, knowing that the creator of the universe was a human being as well as being God, and that I can relate to him on some conceivable level, that's what the show is, and that's what my relationship with Jesus is. Dallas Jenkins, God bless you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Haven today. Thank you. Brandon Heath and Jesus, Son of God. I'm Charles Morris, and this is Haven Today. 
and a program called The Call of Christ. Well, I'm so thankful that Dallas Jenkins joined us on the program today. This series is pretty special. It's something my wife and I have enjoyed together, and I really want you and those you love to see it as well. You can see the story of Jesus in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives were transformed by him. People like Mary, Peter, and yes, even the man at the pool of Bethesda. Who were they? What were they like before they met Jesus? The Chosen uses some holy imagination to speculate on their backstory, but it's always rooted in the gospel narrative that you and I cherish so much and believe to be true, because it is true. As you watch all eight episodes of The Chosen Season 2, you and those you watch it with will see your lives in the lives of those around Jesus and have a deeper appreciation of how the gospel truly can transform people. So, for your gift, and I pray that you would be as generous as you possibly can, I'd like to send you The Chosen Season 2 on DVD. You just need to call us right now. And the number to call is 800 654 2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go and watch some clips from the series when you visit our website. And after you've done that, you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Come back again next time, when again we'll be sharing together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Okay, pop quiz. Where in the Bible does it say God helps those who help themselves? Think about it. Okay, put your pencil down. The answer is nowhere. But if you thought it was in the Bible, you're not alone. It gets quoted so often, but the problem is not only is it missing, it actually runs counter to God's word. It's anti-gospel. Because helping yourself, willful independence, that's the sinful default position of the human heart. And it's only when you finally realize that you can't fix yourself that you can finally declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Try out the printed edition of Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com.